Today on The Business, The Road Less Traveled, business school grads who choose City Hall over Wall Street. I'm Brian Kenny, Chief Marketing Communications Officer at Harvard Business School. It's election season, in case you didn't notice. And in this edition of our podcast, we're introducing you to two MBAs who have invested themselves in local politics. Mitch Weiss and Dan Coe are driven to succeed. It's almost palpable when you talk with them. They're also innovative, open-minded, and accomplished. Mitch has been an investment banker, and Dan was deputy to Ariana Huffington at the Huffington Post. But it seems that both Dan and Mitch have found their greatest challenge and their greatest reward so far working in the public sector at City Hall. Both are Harvard Business School grads, and both have held the same job in Boston, chief of staff to the mayor of Boston. Actually, for two Boston mayors, Mitch was chief of staff to the late Mayor Tom Menino, the longest-serving mayor in Boston history. You didn't elect me mayor because I'm a fancy talker. You elected me mayor because you know I care about Boston. Dan Coe is serving as chief of staff for Tom Menino's successor, Mayor Marty Walsh. We are a city upon a hill, but it's not just the shining light of Beacon Hill. It's Savin Hill where I live. It's Bunker Hill and Bellevue Hill. It's Cops Hill, Mission Hill, and Eagle Hill. That was Mayor Walsh, who just started on the job this year, as did Dan. Dan and Mitch were both part of the Service Leadership Fellows Program at Harvard Business School. The program sends graduates into public sector positions, or nonprofits, to work for the CEO of those organizations. And some of them decide to stay. As Dan describes it, the mayor's chief of staff has two main functions. Advise the mayor on decisions he's making, and then when he makes the decision, carry it out. In a given day, I structure my day with the mayor. We talk every morning at quarter seven about what was in the news and uh, our plan for the day. I have an 8.30 meeting with our senior staff, so our chief of policy, our corporation counsel, who's the head lawyer for the city, mm-hmm. and our uh, chief of operations. We come up with a plan for the day. By about 10 o'clock, that plan's totally out the window, and there's a bunch of different <laughs> things going on. And then the mayor and I usually are in a few meetings together during the day and then touch base before bed and starts over the next morning. That's a big job. Those are those are big. Mitch, you mentioned uh, before we sat down that you were 34 when you started that job. Uh, those are big shoes for a 34-year-old guy. I'm not going to say how old Dan is because he's <laughs> even younger, I think. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think they're big shoes, but in some ways, you're an idea generator, and I think that young people can be great idea generators. They can help the city move forward, help think about its future. And in that way, I think you're well-positioned. As long as you're humble enough to know that you don't know everything, Mm. you're well-positioned to contribute with some fresh perspective. I think the main reason, the main reason that Mayor Menino picked me and that Mayor Walsh picked Dan was to try to bring some fresh energy to what they were trying to get done. Tell me about uh, sort of the learning curve for you kind of stepping into this role. And you had an added complexity in the sense that your mayor was taking over after the longest serving mayor in the history of the city of Boston. Uh, So I think the pressure was probably a little more intense uh, on your boss's shoulders, perhaps, than it might have been on on Mayor Menino's when when Mitch was there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, to say that it was an easy transition and that the learning curve was zero, it would be a lie. But I think, again, what Mitch had pointed out about you know, having the humility to go in there and admit that you don't know everything is really important. I'll give you a kind of a fun story. Um, I came in still developing my relationship with Mayor Walsh. I had met him for the first time December 21st of last year. Wow. Um, started with him in office on January 6th, so that's how quickly it happened. 
And one of the first things we did was we went to police headquarters to look at uh, city stat presentations. So every couple of weeks, different police officers get up and talk about their different districts, what level one crime, et cetera, et cetera. First of all, I didn't know, even know what level one crime defined was. I <laughs> pretended like I did. Um, from, the, from the corner, I just nodded like I knew what was going on. But I'm sitting there in the back with a room filled with uniformed, seasoned police officers. And sitting in the middle was the mayor and Commissioner Evans, the new police commissioner. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing in the back, you know, acting like I'm, I know what's going on, uh, you know, nodding and, and, and trying to take it all in and obviously not understanding most of the most of the acronyms and all that. And I look over at the mayor and the mayor signaling to me and he's pointing at a seat and I go over to him and he says, I need to leave. Can you sit here? Oh, <laughs> so this is literally my first week on the job. I'm 29 years old. There are there are these, you know, very tough looking police officers around me. Uh, I sit down and Commissioner Evans leans over says, do you want to say something? And I think to myself, what the heck am I going to say to these guys? I really don't know a lot about what's going on. They know far more than I do. And so Commissioner Evans said, you know, this is Danny's the mayor's chief of staff. He wants to say a few words. Oh, dear. So what I said was exactly what I was thinking, which is I said, everybody, my name is Dan Coe. I'm really excited to be working with you all. I know I look young. I know that I don't have the experience you guys all do. But trust it when I say that I'm going to work so hard with all of you. Uh, to make Boston better. I want to learn from all of you. You know a lot about crime and law enforcement that uh, comes with experience that I don't have that I want to learn. Uh, So for me, this is about proving to you all that I'm going to work hard to prove to you that I'm up for this role. And the mayor and I look forward to partnering with each and every one of you to make Boston better. Uh, and I think that's that's the best you can do in those situations. If I had gone in there and said, hey, guys, you know, part one crimes did look high today. and We yeah. should really make sure to get it down. And I read in a textbook or in a case at HBS on how to do it. They would have laughed me out of the room. Right. right. So I think knowing that you have a learning curve, acknowledging it and asking for help, I think, is the most important part of our jobs. And I think when you go to somebody, you bring somebody into your office and you say, explain this to me they respect you more because they know that you're not going to try to just tell them what to do off the bat uh, and, and, and try to impress them with your knowledge, but you have the humility to understand that it takes listening before acting. And it's counter to what you were trained to do here at HBS, <laughs> which is, you know, you get ready for that cold call, and right. when they call on you, you better have something to say. So your instinct kicked in there, and it was the right one. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Mitch, I know that under Mir Menino's administration, he placed a big emphasis on innovation, and he wanted to uh, reinvigorate the spirit of innovation in Boston, which we somehow lost that to Silicon Valley a while ago. But this, you know, at one time, Boston was the epicenter of innovation, and lots of technologies came out of here. You were sort of central to that whole thing. Can you talk about how how does a, a mayoral administration partner with business in a way that helps to create that kind of an environment? The very first thing that you need to do is lay out a clear, exciting mission to these business partners. I always tell people of all the things that government offered to motivate them to move down to, for example, South Boston's waterfront, Mm -hmm. which we were trying to regenerate into an innovation district, a 1,000 acres as a home of entrepreneurship and innovation and knowledge economy companies. Of all the things we gave to people to get them to move down there, the most important thing was an invitation. These are entrepreneurs we're trying to attract. They like to build things. And so we said to them, come help us be a part of this. Ten years from now, when people write the history about how Boston, again, regained its standing as a global leader in innovation, would you like your name to be written in that history? And they respond to that. So um, I think oftentimes in government, we default to uh, incentives or programs Mm -hmm. or grants. And instead, if we actually emphasize the vision, the forward progress, the joint effort we can do together, 
I think you'll find that you get more people engaged. Certainly, that's what we found developing the South Boston Waterfront and Boston more broadly. Did people treat you differently after you? I mean, this is for both of you. I'm going to have you both answer. Did you feel like people were treating you a little bit differently once you got this role? Because it is your kind of in a position of power here. Uh, I would assume that maybe people you know, who want to get close to the mayor might try to make friends with you. For the most part, people treat you the way you'd want to be treated and that you treat them. You do have to be careful about what you say because you do speak for the mayor. Mm. One time I remember I asked some folks whether or not whether or not, I thought it was a question, we could have a peephole drilled in the front door of the mayor's office so that when we were working late at night, we could see if people, you know, who was coming to come see us. Mm -hmm. Um, And next thing I knew, they had a a drill uh, (laughs) with a bit as long as my arm going straight through this gorgeous wood door. And I said, well, I I just asked (laughs) whether this was possible. I didn't mean for it to be done. Um, So people do respond to you, but you learn quickly to basically use that to invite them to be a part of something big and not to use it for bad reasons. So some people listening to this might think, gosh, why did these guys go to business school? Why didn't they choose to go to a school of government? We've got a pretty good one at Harvard University, the Kennedy School. Mitch, why did you choose to go to business school? And, you know, were you thinking about public service or or were you really thinking about, I'm going to be a a business person and public service sort of came along? I have thought about public service my whole life. I had a poster in my office that I had drawn when I was nine that said, I will lead my country like my mom leads me. So it was on my mind for a very, very long time, including when I came to Harvard Business School. The reason I came here was that it's a leadership school, and that's desperately what government needs. I think also that business can, can have a lot to offer to government, especially its more entrepreneurial instincts, especially nowadays what it is doing about building community and trust among people. I say that it's very, very ironic that hundreds of years ago, cities are the places that invented the notion of community and building trust and reciprocation. But that today, in many cases, it's the businesses that are most innovative on those fronts. I mean, we invented social networking in the public sphere centuries ago. We would do well to, I think, pick up those practices again from businesses. And I think that's part of what we can do if we bring some of what you learn Mm. in a business education into the public sector. Uh, That's very interesting. Dan, what, what kinds of things can the public sector reciprocate to business. So business people listening to this might be, yeah, that sounds pretty one-sided. They might be thinking it's all about, it's all about government. But is there something that uh, government can do to really develop a, a meaningful partnership that matters both to business and to government? Well, I think Mitch was discussing with regards to the Innovation District and the work they did there, I think really is the key to success in public-private partnerships in the city. Um, you can have as many incentive programs as you want, but if you're interested in that incentive program and you don't get a call back from the mayor's office, you're going to forget about it and move on to some, someone else. I think the reality is being able to say, yes, we have great programs. We have, when, when it comes to tax breaks or anything like that, but at the end of the day, when you call us, you're going to get a call back immediately. We're going to bring you into the mayor's office, not when you're about to leave, but when you're in the city doing well, and we're going to thank you for that. Uh, one of the things that Mayor Menino felt was very important, and when I was a fellow, I worked in his summer jobs program, was that we have a thank you event for all the people who were already hiring people for summer mm-hmm. jobs. So I think a lot of mayors would have had the mentality of, let's have a, you know, a reception for people who are thinking about hiring. But Mayor Menino was saying, let's have a thank you event first and foremost for the ones that are. Uh, And there is a lot of talk these days about business and society and the trust that people have in business, which has greatly eroded, we know, since 2008. And often we see in the headline stories about payoffs between, uh, you know, government and and this this 
business developer here, somebody who's trying to develop a parcel of land. Mitch, when you were uh, in office, Boston went through a, a big building boom. Uh, it's ongoing to this day, and it's revitalized the city in a lot of ways. How do you guard against those kinds of things? Do you have a role in making sure that the people on your team, that the people that, that you oversee, have the best interests of the city and the people at heart? The way I think that you make sure that people make the right decisions is by reminding them why we're here. We're here to make the lives better for the people who live in our city. And so long as that's top of mind all day, every day, I think that people tend to make the right decisions. We have exceptions, regrettable ones, and we have to hold people accountable for those. Well, I, I think I'll, I'll speak personally. I don't want to speak for everybody who goes into public service, but there is an incredible, intangible motivation that you feel when you're working for something that's larger than you are. Um, I would say a little bit of a fear that some people have is if I go into public sector now, am I going to be able to have the chops or are people going to mm. respect the fact that I went into the public sector and would that be relevant to the private sector? I would say, especially in positions like the leadership fellow set you up for, absolutely. I would challenge anybody to find uh, a organization more complex out of business school in a, most, in a senior level, as senior as the leadership fellow program puts you in, where you have to navigate large organizations, you have to motivate teams that may need guidance, you, you have to set agendas for your chief executive. Those skills apply all over public, private, nonprofit sectors, no matter where it is. Um, so I think that that kind of that kind of insight that you develop, not to mention the fact that if you go into the private sector where you're working with the public sector, which, to be honest, if you're high up at any organization, you're going to be working with the public sector, having the knowledge of what goes on there, I think, is invaluable to any private sector institution. Just one quick thing to add. There's a notion, Joe Nye, others have talked about uh, this idea of tri-sector athletes. Mm. Folks have worked in the private, public, and nonprofit sector as developing a set of skills and knowledge that will do them very well over the course of their lifetime. Uh, you can move among sectors. And I think one thing for our uh, young alumni to think about is how they might cultivate themselves as being a tri-sector athlete. And I will say, as a Bostonian born and raised here, uh, it's a city that I love deeply, and I feel like we're in pretty good hands, uh, both with the mayors and with the people that are supporting them. Mitch, Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. That's Mitchell Weiss and Dan Coe. Dan is chief of staff for Boston Mayor Marty Walsh, and Mitchell was chief of staff for the late Boston Mayor Tom Menino. When Tom Menino was memorialized at a church service recently, the family asked Mitch Weiss to say a few words from the altar. He did. In a message to the late mayor, he spoke of being part of a team. Team Menino loved you. They loved you when you got them into doctor's appointments and into schools. They loved you when you told them to get degrees and if they replied that they had one when you told them to get another one, <laughs> they loved you because you shoved them into their futures. That's Mitchell Weiss remembering his former boss, the late Boston Mayor Tom Menino. Mitch is now working at Harvard Business School, where he's created a course on public entrepreneurship. Its mission is to educate public leaders and private entrepreneurs who want to make a difference in the world. The Business is the official podcast of Harvard Business School. We publish twice monthly at hbs.edu slash thebusiness. You can find all of our interviews there. If you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss, tell us about it. You can post your comments and questions at hashtag thebusiness. And subscribe to The Business on iTunes U or follow us on Harvard SoundCloud. Thanks for joining us.